Come on, can we give him one like we really mean it? Can we give him one like he's worthy? Can we give him one like he brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light? He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to save you, but he did. He didn't have to die on the cross for you, but he did. He's worthy of our praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's also good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, coming back from uh, being gone for the week, midweek. And uh, man, I was ready for church this morning. I was ready to come to the house of the Lord and I had to leave my uh, in-laws had come in and uh, spend a little time with them. We're doing a little remodeling at the house and they come in to uh, get me lined out, I guess. Uh, Brother Zach Coderick was my wife and they was plotting against me and uh, spending my money is what they was doing. And, uh, but uh, man, I'm just I was thankful. Just begin to uh, think about this morning, and I know it's uh, Sunday morning, and uh, we come in a little tired and sleepy in our eyes. I know we've got some still, in, I think Hawaii, and some coming back from Wisconsin, and some uh, still on the road, and uh, some not being able to be here this morning, but. I'm thankful that I'm here, I'm thankful that you're here, and above all, I'm thankful that God is here. And uh, I have been uh, having this on my mind for a while, and been studying this for quite a while, and Brother DJ, I've butchered it two or three different times uh, up here, um, leading service, I've, I've got into it a little bit, but I can't help it. Um, man, when you begin to talk about the book of Acts... And what the book of Acts is to us as apostolics. Man, it's like a fire that's shut up in my bones. It's like the wheel that's in the middle of a wheel. And I can't contain it. And, it's, and we don't need to contain it. They didn't contain it in the book of Acts. They spread the word abroad. They wanted everybody to know what God was doing and what God was able to do for them. I want to, uh, maybe for every time I get to preach and however it works out, I know we've got a lot going on for the month of July. I was talking with Brother and Sister Ryan, and and we was talking this week, and next uh, Friday night, next weekend, we got Brother Raul Alviar Jr. that's going to be preaching for us here Friday night. Excited about that. Next Friday, that Friday following, we have Peak uh, going with the youth. The next week was within a couple days, him for the weekend, and then Monday morning we leave out going to Gulf Coast Conference, get back, and man, we got VBS, Vacation Bible School, uh, coming in here, and uh, so just right after that, school starts, and so it's going to be a busy next few weeks, but man, this has been burning on me, and so every time I get to preach, I I want to do a little series on the book of Acts. I want to title it, A Modern Day Book of Acts Church. 
a modern day book of Acts church. I want to deal with the first century principles today. I want to talk to us. Um, I don't know if I get to preaching. Um, this, this, this excites me. Just bear with me today. I, I'm excited about the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts is who I am as not just a church, but as an individual. I look at this and it's uh, just, it sparks a fire in me. It, it, it lights my wood up, if you would allow me to say it, and begins to burn on the inside of me. The book of Acts is said to be the centerpiece of the entire Bible. All of the other books in Scripture either anticipate the book of Acts look, or it looks forward to the mighty move of God that happened in the book of Acts. They, it is the record or the measuring stick for what the church should be in this modern day and in the 21st century. The Old Testament builds a foundation for the church that emerges in the book of Acts. The epistles, the epistles, they rest upon the accomplishments that were made in the book of Acts. The letters that was written to the churches which were established by the apostles were intended to encourage them to continue in the same faith and the practices that they were familiar with. It was the faith that was delivered to the saints in the book of Acts. The principles of the book of Acts is that everything that comes before it looks forward to it. Everything that happened before the book of Acts is just building up to the book of Acts. And everything that comes after it is built upon the book of Acts. It can easily be said that the book of Acts is the most important book in the entire Bible. All previous writings are poured into it and all latter writings draw from it. It is the centerpiece of the Bible. We would have no concept of the first church or the method of the Gospels um, and what happened or the history of evangelism without the book of Acts. The book of Acts as recorded of the first church should provide us an expected normancy for the modern day church. It is a statement of what the church was intended to be. The principles that we stand upon as an apostolic church are founded upon the book of Acts. The book of Acts represents to us the image of what this church should be in this day and hour that we live. It is the testimony, and the testimonies are not just to intend to represent an unreachable height, something that happened just in the book of Acts and would never be wretched again. But it should let us know that we should be reaching for the same kind of move of God that they experienced in the book of Acts. The book of Acts represents the doctrine of the church as we should be. A message of power. A message of power that overcomes sin of this world. The doctrine of the book of Acts is, it's our doctrine. Hallelujah. 
The baptismal formula of the book of Acts is our baptismal formula for this church today. The message of the first century church is our message. The message of deliverance and infilling of the Holy Ghost that we preach today comes straight out of the pages of the book of Acts. I come to tell you today we can have the same kind of move of God in the 21st century as they did in the book of Acts. What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? I want to direct you to a passage of Scripture in the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible said, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even unto the othermost parts of the earth. What are you talking about? We have the power. We have been endued with power, Brother Matt, from on high. My Bible tells me in the book of Acts when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Brother Jimbo, you receive power. What is that power ready to do? That power is ready to help you in the 21st century. That power is able to enable you to overcome every spiritual wickedness in high places. The Bible said he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I come to tell you today, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you have received power to overcome every spiritual wickedness in high places. You don't have to be subject to the devil's devices. You don't have to come under the devil's fear and spells and the principalities and wickedness of this world. Why? Because you have received power. This is the doctrine that we preach. It comes from the book of Acts. And we can find it in all of the Gospels and all through the writings all the way into the Old Testament. And I don't have time and hopefully I will have a little more time in this series to dive into it. But I thank God every day for the message of the book of Acts. I thank God every day that I and I realize that you gotta repent and be baptized in the name, not just any old way, not just in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but thank God I've got a revelation from the book of Acts that I gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. We are a people of the name. We are a people of the book of Acts and what they did in the old, we can do in the 21st century. We have the power, we have the authority by the word of God. (laughs) 
We come into this place and if we're not careful, we hold our head down. We've been beat around all week by what the devil has been telling us and by the cares of this world and what he's been throwing at us. But I come to tell you today, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power. It's not something I said. It's what was written. And this word was written by the inspiration of the word of God. And he said after the Holy Ghost, after you get it, you're gonna have power. You've got power today to tread upon every enemy, every spirit of opposition that comes against you or your mind. This message that we preach straight out of the book of Acts It ain't just a message of repentance and being baptized. Peter didn't stop there in Acts verse chapter two and verse 38. He said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? Oh, Peter didn't stand there and say, well, all you gotta do is go to church and sign your name in a book and call yourself a Christian. No, he didn't do that. But in the book of Acts, he said you gotta repent and you gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And he didn't just stop there, but then he said, you got and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was he saying? You're gonna receive power. You gotta have the Holy Ghost if you're gonna make it in the 21st century. You gotta have the Holy Spirit living inside of you if you're gonna make it in the 21st century. Well, preacher, how do you know they got the Holy Ghost? The Bible said, and he didn't stop there in the book of Acts. And he said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're gonna know it because it's gonna come with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The old elder used to say, if you buy a pair of shoes, the tongues just come with the shoes. That's when you get the Holy Ghost. You just don't get the Holy Ghost without the tongues. You will not get the Holy Ghost if you don't speak in tongues. It's the evidence that you got it. It's the heavenly language that let the world know that you have it. You're a part of his. You're a part of the church. You're a part of the church of Acts. And I wish today, and I will before this is all over, to take you down through the corridors of the scripture and prove to you why there is a necessity to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They come to him, a ruler of the Jews, and it would be against me not just to throw this in. Nicodemus come to him by night. He was a man of the law. He was a man of the scripture. He knew the word. He quoted the scrolls of old. He knew the word of God. But there was something on the inside of them that began to burn on the inside of him. 
he knew there was something more than what he had. And Nicodemus come to Jesus by night and he said, what must I do to be saved? He said, let me tell you something, Nicodemus. You gotta be born again of the water and of the spirit. What is being born again? Being born of the water is going down in this baptistry in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. What's being born of the Spirit? That's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Oh, preacher. The book of Acts represents the church that God inspired with the Spirit. A church that was no stranger to the demonstration of the power of God. I believe that this church is a book of Acts church in every way. I believe this church has the power. I believe this church has the authority. I believe this church packs dominion in the spirit realm. We're not subject to the devil's devices. We don't have to take a back seat to what the devil's trying to do in the 21st century. What are you talking about, preacher? I believe that the book of Acts, the principles that was given in the first century of the book of Acts, in that church will still work in the 21st century. Thank you. I believe that God wants us to use in the 21st century a move of his spirit that was shown in the book of Acts. I believe that God is calling us higher. He's bringing us out of just the old mundane spiritual attitude of what the world is going, just the casual flow. But there's something more powerful in the spirit realm that God is drawing us to. And it's this spirit that is in the book of Acts. Say, well, preacher, some would say that it can't happen in this day and age. The spirit of the warfare is too strong. Some will say that is impossible and some would say it will never happen. But I come to tell you today that my Bible tells me and it still says that the latter rain is gonna be greater than the former rain. What's gonna happen in this end time hour that we're living, it's gonna be greater than what happened right here in the book of Acts. We got a modern day book of Acts church. It's time that we let everybody know around us we have the power, we have the authority of the word of God. I don't have to take a back seat to what the world is trying to offer me. Hallelujah. They will teach you in the colleges and in our high schools and our universities across the land that this Bible is a myth. 
It's just another fairy tale. Something just like Alice in Wonderland. Something that Walt Disney created and come up with. But I come to tell you today that this Bible is real. This word of God is real. This word of God is who God is. In the beginning was the word. And the word, it was with God. And the word, it was God. I believe the question should be, it's not, can we have a book of Acts church in the 21st century? I think the question should be, why did we ever leave anything less than the book of Acts church? Why did we ever walk away from Azusa Street? Why did we ever get away from the signs and the wonders, the healing virtue that we felt in them old camp meetings of old, in them old Brush Harbor meetings when somebody would stand without the nice facilities that we have and without the good air condition that we have and they would preach this word of God without fear and without favor. There was something on the inside of them that was promoting them. We want something more. We want that book of Acts church. We want the power. We want the demonstration. It caused men to go up into the mountains for days and days upon end and find in an old stump or a cave and begin to pray and cry out to God and fast, oh, and travail before the Lord. It made men fast for 30 days, working a public job, and all they did was drink water. Why, they was wanting the power. They was wanting a book of Acts church and somewhere down the road as a whole, as a church in general, we've got away from the power. We've got away from the demonstration. We got away from the book of Acts church as it was intended to be. But my God, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the power of the book of Acts church. You know what it's time to do? And I say it a lot when I pray for people. You need to let the devil know he's a liar. When he comes in whispering them sweet little things in your ear and telling you, oh, you'll, you'll never get there. That church will never be what you want it to be. I'm gonna tell you something today. The devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. I talked about it Sunday at the Patriot service or whatever. I don't know what of course others might take. But as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we're gonna follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, preacher? This is our time. This is our hour. This is our message. We have the truth. We hold the knowledge. We have what the world is looking for. What are you talking about? We have the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And when you have the Holy Ghost, you've been endued with power from on high. What are you talking about, preacher? We are apostolic in our message. We are apostolic in our worship. What are you talking about, preacher? To mean you tell me you jump, run, and shout, and run the aisles, and you shout, and you clap your hands, and you sing to the top of your lungs? Oh, yeah, I do. That's part of my identity. That's part of who I am. And we'll get to that in a minute when Felix told him, hey, I know who you are. I know by the way you speak. There's, I, know, I know the way you talk. There's something about us apostolics. We stand out. We jump out. I'm gonna tell you something today. In the book of Acts, when they begin to worship God, I'm gonna tell you, they looked at him and they looked at them and they asked the apostles, are these not drunk? These men are drunk. He said, oh no, they're not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is just part of that outpouring of the spirit. Why do you run and shout? It's the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's why I run. That's why I shout. Hallelujah. You could study the word of God, young men, and everywhere in the Bible that is talking about the gods of this world. It's the little G. And when you're talking about the God of heaven, it's a capital G. I'm gonna tell you something. The people of this world, they, they sacrifice themselves and they worship the little G, the little gods of this world. And you look it up, it'll be G-O-D-S, not just G-O-D. It's the gods of this world. It's the sports icons. It's the football icons, basketball and baseball. All of them, soccer, they're on their feet for hours. They're jumping, they're screaming. They're wanting their team to know I'm on your side. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, I'll make another touchdown. Hit another home run. Well, let me tell you something, honey. I'm just encouraging my God. God, I want you to know I'm on your team. I'm on your side. I want you to know I'm a part of you. Brother Brett, they'll hold parades and they'll scream and holler and they'll stand in line for hours to get autographs. Oh, just for their favorite person. It's the little G of this world. It's the little G of this world. But I come to tell you tonight, I serve the capital G. I serve the God of this world. You come in here, try to think you're gonna intimidate me not to jump, run, and shout, and lift my voice, and to let the God of heaven know I'm on your side, I identify. Oh, come on, I done it. Man, 
There wasn't nobody, and there still ain't nobody. I'll argue with anyone better than Michael Jordan. I ain't take that LeBron James and shove it. Michael Jordan, I'm going to tell you something, brother. Gabe, growing up, I had the red jersey. I had the white jersey. I had the black jersey. I was a fan of Michael Jordan. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I had it all. I had the shoes. I still got a vintage pair of Jordan tennis shoes that I got set up on the shelf uh, of Michael Jordan. Man, he was, he was the man. He was the basketball king of this world. I'll come to tell you today, I had it all. I wanted them to know. I, I wanted them to know, and I'd wear that thing when they was in the championship playing them Utah Jazz. I wanted them to know I was rooting for Michael Jordan. I was a Chicago Bull fan all the way down here in Missouri. Man, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I was young. You know, I was caught up. Man, it was good, and it's all right. It's okay. Just don't take it to the extreme. But I'm going to tell you something. Being 40 years old right at it, I want everybody to know I'm a child of God. That's why I dress the way I dress. That's the way I look the way I look. That's why I talk holy. That's why I speak holy. That's why I'm faithful to the house of God. I want the world to know I'm a part of him. I'm on his team. I identify with the body of Christ. Tell you something. Hey, come up, Brother Jimbo, and you playing for Seneca High School. And man, winning the national champion football deal in high school. Them old boys come up from Monette or Aurora. They try to make you feel small for being, being a part of Seneca. You wasn't intimidated by them boys. Hey, we just waxed you a couple nights ago, Doc. Don't give me none of that. You know why? They come up and say, man, Carl Malone, the old mailman. Hey, you wasn't arguing with me about, about the Bulls. They is the best. You don't even begin to try to argue with me about this doctrine that I stand for, about this word of God that I've hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. That's what's wrong with the church world today. If we're not careful, we let them left-wing liberals, they all vocal about everything. They ain't scared to get on social media and on Fox News and CNN and anywhere else that they can get a platform and run this conservative values, the church, God, everything that he stands for, they'll run it in the ground. And us Christians, if we're not careful, we don't want to cause a scene or have controversy. So we keep our mouth shut. Well, I'm coming to tell you today, I'm a proud supporter of the Book of Acts Church. I'm a proud supporter of being a part of God's people. You want to put something on social media? Put it on there that Caleb Sampson loves being apostolic. Caleb Sampson loves being Pentecostal, apostolic, a part of God's church. What are you talking about, preacher? David, the king. He knew how to worship God. He knew how to get God's attention. David in so many parts of his life was a failure. He stole another man's wife, committed adultery. He killed a guy. 
his kids rose up and was wrecked trying to murder and killing one another trying to kill their dad he had a messed up home life but there was something about David in the middle of all that David was a man after God's own heart David found a spot with God in his heart you know what it was number one he knew how to ask for forgiveness he wasn't too big and too powerful to take that old king garment off and humble himself before the Lord before all the people and the second thing brother Zach he knew how to worship Woo. he knew how to worship elder and when they started bringing the Ark of the Covenant home, and we'll get into that, some of that in the next lesson about the buttered rod of Aaron that was in that, that uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant. And he, there was something about it. The Bible said that David was so glad uh, that the, the glory of the Lord uh, was coming back to the house of Israel that ever six steps one, two, three, four, five, six. He would stop everybody and he would begin to offer sacrifice and worship the Lord. Oh, and begin to magnify the Lord in front of everybody. Here's the king. Here's somebody who could tell somebody to go and they'd have to go and tell somebody to come and they would come. At the spoken word, he had a man killed and done away with. He had power and authority, but there was something about it. The glory of the Lord is coming home. This is the power. This is the Ark of the Covenant. This, is the, this is, represents the glory of God. And it's coming back to the house. One, two, three, four, five, six. Everybody stop. Everybody quit. Don't take another step. Let's offer sacrifice. And he would begin to worship the Lord and magnify the Lord. All right, get a one, two, three, four, five, six. Everybody stop and they do it again and do it again and do it again. And say, well, preacher, I don't feel like he went to the extreme is what you're making it sound like. He went to such an extreme as when he got back to the palace, the queen, she looked at him and she said, you made a fool of yourself today, the way you acted. You go read it, it's in your Bible. She said, you made a fool of yourself the way you carried on in front of the common folk, in front of the people. You made a fool of yourself the way you acted. And he looked right at her and said, hey, if you didn't like that, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's the way some call heresy is the way I call, I worship my God. They say, well, Brother Caleb, you're a dingbat. You're an idiot for running and jumping and clouting. That's all right. I'm just gonna keep on worshiping. I want God to know I'm a part of you. I'm a part of your church. I'm a part, I'm a fan of Jesus Christ. Say, well, preacher, do I gotta jump, run, and shout? Well, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm gonna tell you something. You need to worship God with all that you have, 
with all of your soul, with all of your might. You got to give God your very best. What are you talking about, preacher? Man, I thought I could do this in two or three Sundays. Oh, they're probably going to take a little more than that. I'm so far away from my notes. But I'm going to tell you something. Brother Tony Rosinski, when they come and offered sacrifice in the Old Testament, before he died on the cross, and they had to bring an atonement, and they would kill the dove, the lamb, the goat, whatever it might be, uh, on the sacrifice. And that would just roll their sins back just for a year. It didn't do away with them. It just rolled them back. And that's why he come and he gave the supreme sacrifice. His blood was righteous blood. It was spotless blood. He, he didn't have no sin with him, but he took on sin. He took on our sin, and he died. And the Bible said the veil was rent from top to bottom. Before, it was just a high priest that could go in behind the veil. Everybody else had to sit out and stand out in the outer courts. And the priest, and you study it out, they had little bells. Brother Tim, on the bottom of their garment, and them bells would jingle when they walked and stepped. And if they went in behind the veil and they had sin in their life, the Bible said that he would strike them dead. And when the men behind the other side of the veil couldn't hear the bells jingling anymore, they had a rope tied and lashed around uh, his foot at the whole time. And they would pull him out dead because he went in with sin in his heart. You just didn't go out in the field and pick some lamb out of the flock that, well, this is the run of the litter. You know, selling, some of y'all sold some dogs in here. You know, the runs is always cheaper. The run of the litter. Well... I'll give you $100 off because he's, he's the right, you know, he's smaller and he's, what they're saying is this guy's got a chance of not making it. So I'm going to knock 100 bucks or whatever it off and you, you take the chance if you want to. You didn't go out in there with DJ and pick the run of the litter. I'm going to tell you something and you can go study it today. They're trying to find the heifers to offer for the new the new sacrifice. I talked to Brother Narlock about it. They have some of them over there. And they go to Texas a whole bunch trying to find this red heifer that is spotless, that has no blemish on it. It can't have a spot. It can't have a sore. It can't have a little clump of white hair within the red. It has to be perfect from top to bottom. And you know what? They've been hunting, Brother Jimbo, for years trying to find these perfect red heifers and they can't hardly do it. Some feel like they'll never have to use them. That's for another Bible study another day and another time. But right now they're trying to find these red heifers. And they're having trouble finding them. 
you had to offer the very best of what you had. This lamb had to be the very best without a spot, without a wrinkle, without a blemish to offer sacrifice before the Lord to roll your sins back for a year. And you think for a moment that you can come in to the house of God and offer anything less than your very best in worship, in prayer, in service. You're crazy. You can't do it. It's gotta be your best worship. It's gotta be your best prayer. It's gotta be your best service. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I'm talking about me. That's why I like to go to the store and I like to buy me a suit. I like to get me a suit on and a tie. I like to dress my very best. If I was going to meet the president, I'd want to look presentable. I'd want to look my very best. And when I come to meet the king, I'm coming in. I want my best garment on. I want my best clothes on. Say, well, preacher, I can't afford to buy. All I can tell you is just wear your best. Whatever you have, whatever you own, just make it your best. God sees the heart. God knows your heart. Just make it your very best. If it's not your very best, change it today. Let God know, God, from now on, I'm coming in. I'm looking my best. What are you talking about, preacher? It's got to be your best. You come in, you try to offer God some half-hearted praise. You've been in the world all week long, giving this world, this flesh, everything that it desires. You've given your boss who you work for, or if you work for yourself, your own self, 110% of your energy, of your time, of your knowledge, and you working your fingers to the bone because you're trying to please the man that's paying you. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You ought to come in this church with a howl, and we ought to give him our very best and please him, not because he's paying us, but because he died for us because he gave his blood for us because he went to the cross for us and he died on the cross for us don't you dare come in here with a half hearted praise and say well I'm just too tired I worked hard all day oh man I did this I did that huh you need to come in with your mind made up God I gave this world these last five or six days everything I've had I'm gonna give you everything that I got what are you talking about if you want a modern day book of Acts church this is what it's gonna take what are you talking about, preacher? You go study it. I'd like to hit all of it, but I can see I ain't got time. I'm gonna have trouble getting through this thing in a 10 weeks series, brother Matt, but I'm gonna tell you something. He told all of them, you go wait until you be endued with power in the book of Acts on high. 
There was a whole bunch of them. But as the days wore on and as time ticked away, you know what? Brother Ali, they got tired of waiting. They got tired of waiting. And some begin to leave and begin to drop out. Well, I'm not going to wait anymore. He should already come. I knew it. I knew he wasn't going to come. But there was 120 in the upper room. They was praying. God, I don't know when you're coming. But I know you're coming. God, I know you're going to come. You're going to send us the comforter. You're going to send us the Holy Ghost. You're going to send us power. It's going to be demonstration with fire. I know you're coming. I don't know you're coming. But I know. I don't know when you're coming. I just know you're coming. And they just kept waiting. And pretty soon, the Bible said that there began to be a sound in the heavens as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the room and the house where they were sitting. And they began, and they was waiting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as as a fire. See, if we're not careful, we get the old mundane attitude. Well, my grandpa told us about God coming. He believed this plumb back in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Dad, he did the same thing. I've heard it all my life. What does the Bible say? Because judgment is not executed speedily. It gets in the hearts and minds of men to do wicked because it's not there right then. You know, we live in a generation, we want it right now. We want it right now. Overnight it. Well, that costs an extra $60 to get your Amazon Prime, have it overnighted. I don't care, pay it. I want it in the morning. I want it right now. Right now, I want it. I got to have it right now. I don't want to wait at the drive-thru. So Chick-fil-A puts in five drive-thrus. Why? Because they're trying to please people like me and you that want it right now. Don't want to wait. I said line, I'm going to go somewhere else. They don't want to lose business, so they open up another line. Open up another ordering station. Why? Because we're a people, we are so full of ourselves. Somebody asked me, was that you the other day? I asked me, what, you know what narcissism means? I can't remember. Somebody asked me. Because it's about us. It's about what we want. We got to have it. We want it right now. We don't want to wait. It's about me. It's about my desires. It's about the things I love and about the things I want. And if I don't get it, then I'm going to be mad. And I'm not going to be happy. And so we don't want to wait. But you know what? Sometimes God demands us to wait. We want the healing right now. We want the deliverance right now. But God says, you know what, you need to wait. Because if I give it to you right now, it really won't mean nothing to you. You ever been desperate and wanted something so bad, Brother Dylan, and you didn't have the money or the way to get it? And you sit... Am I the only one that does this? And you sit and you try to figure out different ways to come at it to get what you want. Well, if I do this, or if I sell this, or if I 
because I'm, most of the time it's, Brother Cameron, it's, how can I explain this to my wife so she'll allow me to get it? So I come in, Brother Miguel, and I'll say, that stupid truck's making a noise. I need to get rid of that thing right now. Come on, brother. Josiah, I know you've been there. I got to get rid of this thing. I know you ain't been there, but I got to get rid of this thing, baby. This thing's making an awful noise. I don't want to tell her it's the radio. Because, Brother Zach, I'm trying to justify something that I want. And it's within every one of us. We don't want to wait. We want it right now. God, you give it to me right now. I want my healing right now. I got to have it right now. I want it right now. And if we don't, we get mad. I ain't going back to church. God don't care about me. God don't love me. Come on. I've been there. I will never go. God, if you don't do this for how many's ever put God on and say, God, if you don't do this for me, I know you don't love me. You don't care about me. I'm, I'm flesh. I've failed. I've done it. David, actually, Asaph, the chief magician of David, he looks over in the Psalms, in the book of Psalms. And he said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, Asaph was a chief musician in the house of the temple for David. Brother Tim, he, he's the one that, he was the choir leader, if you will. He wanted to have the music going and the orchestra playing and singing and he kept everybody in tune. It was his every day he was at the church playing music and having everybody singing and the choirs going and there was something about it that he wasn't blessed. There was things that he was wanting and God wasn't giving it to him. And he said, when I looked over and I saw the prosperity of the wicked and how they prospered, the Bible said that he said, my foot, it almost, it almost slipped. I almost went down. I almost backslid when I was putting God and telling God, God, I want all of this. I gotta have all this. And God wasn't giving it to me. And I looked over and he's giving it to somebody that ain't even living right and doing right. And they're blessed. And they got all the money they need. And they're getting the high paying jobs. And they're getting all the nice cars and the fancy houses. And they're buying all the things that I really want. God, I almost backslid. But then he said, but then I remembered how good God has truly been to me. When my baby was burning up with fever and I took her in my arms and I began to pray for her and instantly the fever left. When I was driving down the road and that car was heading in my lane headed right at me. And I said, oh God, help me, save me. 
And at the last second, that car swung over. God, when I, I might not have the finest things in life. I might not have the fancy house or the fancy cars or the high paying job. But if I can just remember how good God has really been to me. Eleven, twelve. I got pages and pages, but I'm fixing to quit. What are you talking about, preacher? They was a powerful church. They were a church that had power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. They were a church that wasn't just saved by the Holy Ghost. They were a church that was empowered by the Holy Ghost. They had received power. They had been empowered. They had been made more than overcomers. They believed that in the power that resided within them, they had everything they needed. What are you talking about? For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You're sitting here today with the Holy Ghost. You've got a sound mind. You've got the power that's within you. As they come to the music, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it just, just isn't for the first century church. It's not just for the book of Acts. Um, it is for the modern day church. It is for the 21st century. And it needs to be what is applied to your heart every day. What are you talking about, preacher? Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, to do abundantly, oh, above what they can ask or even think. How can they do this? According to the power that worketh within you. Brother Gabe, don't hold your head down when you're in the grocery store. Put your head up high. Somebody gets on there. I was on Facebook. One of my buddies posted the other day. Shocked me. Just a few days ago. day before yesterday. And he shocked me with what he said. And another one of my buddies that I grew up with. I never would have dreamed he'd have said anything like that. And he got on there. Says Courtney, he said, I feel the very same way. Talking about being a failure in life. People with kids. People that's kids that's married. People that's someone that had grandkids. Nobody in this church. I don't even try to figure out. But Brother Allie, it shocked me. I grew up with this boy. I went to school with these kids. How in the world? I grew up in the same church. Went to the same Christian school. And they're feeling like a failure. Feeling like they're down. Somewhere through the years, they've lost the power. They've lost the power that works within us. 
I got on there and oh, so quickly, I began to tell them, don't give up, don't quit. You're only a failure when you quit, when you give up, when you throw your hands in the air. Just keep fighting the good fight of faith. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I don't know how I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna make it. And I know how I'm gonna take another step, but I'm gonna take another step. How? I've got the power that's working within me. Sherry, I don't know sometimes how we're gonna make it, sissy, but I know how we're gonna make it. We got the power. We're just gonna keep putting one foot in front of the other. God, I don't know. You're gonna have to help me, but I'm gonna keep taking one step and then another step and then another step. I'm gonna make it. Tell you something. Say, well, preacher, I'm not even standing on my own two feet right now. I've been knocked plumb down. I've been knocked down. You know what you need to do? You need to let the devil know he's a liar this morning. Well, Tony, you need to let him know I might not even be on my feet. I might have been knocked down. I might not even get up. But brother, if I got to take a step on my knees, I'm going to take it. If I got to crawl, I'm going to keep crawling. I want God to know I'm going to keep moving towards the cross. I'm going to keep, I've got the power that's within me. I gotta quit. Some of us here today, you've been hit so many times, you're punch drunk. Can't even hold. You know what you need to do this morning? Say, preacher, I don't know if I can make it. You can make it. You know how I know you can make it? There's a church in the Osho that it's a modern day Book of Acts church. I told somebody the other day, I don't know about any place that I can't talk about, but I know what's going to be here for the next 30, 35 years. I know what this church is going to be preaching for the next 30, 35 years. Brother Allie, we're going to be preaching truth. And not just truth, old time truth, old time holiness. We're going to be standing on the word of God. We're going to. Why is it? We got the power. We got the power that's working within us. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to make your way up here. You need to throw your hands in the air and you need to let the devil know, devil, I'm gonna be a part of that modern day Book of Acts church. Tell the preacher, I don't have the Holy Ghost. It's a good morning to get the Holy Ghost. It's a good day. 
to receive the Holy Ghost. To be a part of the Book of Acts Church.